with the first pick. Welcome back to another episode of the Daft Draft Podcast. It's been a, it's been a couple of weeks. We took a I, we, I think we got a little gasped there at the end of the end of the draft cycle. I put out my draft guide. Devin is traveling all over the place, so I think we uh we got a little gasped, but we're back now to cover uh what went on last weekend. So uh, three rounds, like it always is in Kansas City. Uh, one of the probably the most unpredictable draft that I've ever, at least in recent memory that I can remember, like. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot to get to, but before we do that, Devin and I are adding a third voice onto the podcast. Uh, Matt Valdivinos, again, you can find him at NV, NV Scouting on on Twitter. Matt, welcome, welcome. You're part of the Daft on Draft team. Hello, hello. Excited to be here. Obviously, love both you guys very, very much. I've been done a kind of randomly the first time me and Corey ever got like real, real interaction together. We ended up on the same plane uh, to the senior bowl. Um, I forget where we flew out of, but yeah, two mobile. And I remember him tweeting about like, oh, I'm running late to this plane. I'm going to have to book it. And then I saw him get on the plane and I was like, all right, you made it. We're cool. Um, yeah, I, was, I had to run. I think it was, I think it was North Carolina. Like, yeah, sorry, I was going to say, I want to say it was Raleigh. Um, yeah, or Raleigh, it might have been Raleigh. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Like, I was sprinting from gate to gate. Because um, my flight took off late from Columbus and then it got late to the other airport too. So into, yeah. And the mobile airport, I remember being really, really small and we took a Uber back. But yeah, kind of full circle moment. Really excited to be here. Yeah. And again, Devin, you were in Kansas City. You were there covering it. So just break down your experience. Talk about your experience. What was it like uh, to interact with the players? I know you did like the community service stuff before the draft that the prospects get to take part in. Uh, and you got to be a part of, of all three days as well. So just talk about what it was like to be in Kansas City. Yeah, it was cool. Um, you know, you obviously obviously hear about Kansas City and, and their fan base and the barbecue. And, and <laughs> I would say the barbecue did live up to the hype. It was some really good barbecue. I would I would definitely recommend. I don't know if it's better than Texas barbecue, but but it's definitely up there. Um, but yeah, I I had a good time down there. Um, all the top players were great. You know, I think Bijan is the best person in this draft in terms of just personality and character. Um, dude is just, I mean, he is about as as good as a dude you you could could have. Mm-hmm. Anytime you ask him a question, he's asking it or answering it fully, giving you you know, three, four sentence responses. And um, he, he just, he just has that aura about him. And uh, obviously we'll get to him in a little bit and, and where he ended up. But, uh, but yeah, that was my biggest impression. Jalen Carr to me, I think, you know, people kind of had this perception of who he is, but then you get to talk to him. He's just a really down earth guy. He just wants to play football. He's not, you know, he, he's someone that he, he was telling me that, you know, he, enjoys being around kids and, and getting to do the community ser- community service things and whatnot. And he just felt like a person I felt like, you know, just kind of a, a victim of the circumstances and, and everything that went around. But, but when you actually get to talk to him, he, he seems like a, a really down to earth type person. So uh, those are the two people that stood out most to me talking to them in, in general, but overall draft was crazy. Uh, a lot of people there and, um, I was trying to get from the red carpet to the media room. You had to go through like uh, 10,000 people just to get there. <laughs> so I was, it was 6.05 and I was like running to the media room so I could get in place in time for the, the draft to start at seven. But, but overall, it was a great experience. Um, definitely something to to check off the, the bucket list of things I wanted to do. So uh, it was great to, to be down there and uh, get to see in person. 
I love it. I love it. And so to break down the draft again, a wild draft, really unpredictable for especially the first round. Like, a, like I think the Lions threw everybody for a curveball. Yeah, and I, I love I love Jack Campbell. Like I yeah. had him rated as the 14th best player in this class. But compared to consensus, compared to positional value, compared to uh, you know, other people have Jack Campbell like linebacker two, linebacker three in the 60s on their big board. Like I love him, so it's like okay, yeah, for value wise, but it's still like that was shocking to see. Uh, what what would you say, Devin? Being in Kansas City was like the pick that everybody was like, oh my god. Well, I'll tell you the the Jalen Carter pick definitely like deflated the room for sure. <laughs> everyone was like, "You got to be kidding me!" But but the the Jameer Gibbs pick, everyone was like, "Wow!" Like even the Lions people in there, they were just like, <laughs> "What what happened?" Um, but I will say the uh, Devin Witherspoon going five was a little bit of a shot too, just because we knew that the NFL really liked him. And and he was on like the, the top corner for most teams, but at five, you thought Seattle might, you know, would they go quarterback if Richardson fell? He obviously didn't. You know, would they go Edge? Would they go Tyree Wilson? You know, they had Jalen Carter right there, and they decided to go Witherspoon. And I think that was like the first. That probably was a domino that fell that people weren't expecting to fall, and then after that, chaos just really ensued after that. Yeah, that's crazy. And I, I read the Lions were actually going to be okay with taking with taking Gibbs at six. If they could. I saw that too. Yeah, I saw someone saying that if they couldn't move out that because they loved. I guess they're like number one play. Like they they were all in on on Devin. They didn't think that Seattle was going to take him. And I knew that Seattle was in on Devin Witherspoon that they really really liked him. But he really doesn't fit any of those Seattle measurements that we look for those kind of baselines that they've always been mm-hmm. a fan of for the cornerback. So you, you know that they really just love themselves a baller in Devin Witherspoon. And so I guess the Lions were really just taken aback. They really felt comfortable that he was going to be there. And so, yeah, but I had heard the same thing that they had liked Gibbs enough that if they weren't going to move, they weren't going to, you know, obviously they don't have any, they don't have a need to tackle. They were going to take Jalen Carter. So a lot of those high value positions are kind of like, you know, they took Jamison Williams last year. So you're not necessarily going to, you know, take a, you know, a reach or whatever, but take Jackson Smith and Jigba that high. Um, so crazy, crazy, crazy. And it's weird because, like like you said with Jack Campbell, like I like both of these players a lot. I've been a Jameer Gibbs guy. Campbell's my LB1, right? So it's like part of me is like they came away with two good players that I'm a fan of, but the other part of me is like, oh, it's a running back and a linebacker. So what are we really doing here? But the rest of the class is incredible too. So I'm Brad Holmes cooked. <laughs> yeah, I, I you can't argue. Uh, Brad Holmes has had a, a couple of good drafts, you know, and, and if you look mm-hmm. outside the first round and I'm going to, we're going to get to, I know we're going to get to a Lions pick at some point that we're talking about in this podcast. I have one on my list, but <laughs> um, we're going to break down the draft, but we're not going to do it the way that everybody's doing it. You know, everybody's giving draft grades based on consensus. This got an A minus, this team got an F. Uh, we're going to break it down by five different categories. So we're going to go scheme fit the best fit in the draft where you give our answer best value in the draft favorite pick of the draft the best team draft and the best day three player with the, or the day three player the best chance to contribute right away so i'm gonna go ahead and start because of two uh best scheme fit uh, we got to kick this thing off uh so i'm gonna go ahead and say i love devon a chain in miami man mm. That's gonna Speed. that's gonna go off, man. That's crazy. 
crazy speed all over the field. Uh, he can get wide. He loves outside zone. Uh, his contact balance is unreal for how, like, he's not a big dude, but he bounces off tackles pretty, pretty well. Uh, and if you look at that, like, Raheem Mostert, like Jeff Wilson, like, the, you know, your, temp, your typical McDaniel backs from San mm-hmm. Francisco, like, fits right in, and he's, like, five, six years, seven years younger than these guys. Like, I, I love yep. it. I think Devon A. Chain's going to eat in Miami. Yeah, do you see the, the between him and uh, Mike McDaniels? Yeah, you're still fast. Right? Yeah, he's like, you're still <laughs> fast, right? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love you, Matt. Yeah, let's sure. ba- let's, let- yeah, 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 let's bounce to Matt. Um, I, my favorite one kind of – I was pretty sure this was going to happen prior to the draft with all the smoke of Will Levis going. Anthony Richardson of the Colts, specifically Richardson with Shane Steichen, the the kind of quarterback where, you know, this was my dream place for him. Just in the idea, like, obviously I wish a little bit more weapons. I wish the offensive line was there as you would for, you know, any rookie quarterback. But specifically a guy in Steichen who's, you know, one of the more innovative offensive minds in the NFL. Him with Herbert in his year, become one of the more dynamic passers uh, then he went to Philly, helped with that Hurts development, became one, you know, ultimate starting star quarterback in the NFL. Uh, how willing he is to use those legs, um, you know, those inverted veers coming back with the Jonathan Tate. Like, it's going to be really, really exciting. I'm really, you know, they're talking about Richardson being that day one starter potentially because, you know, Gardner Minshew is Gardner Minshew. And I think because of that rushing floor with that Steichen offense, like, you really do have a chance for it to be, you know, a productive offense come day one just off of the legs of Richardson with whatever lumps you have to take as a passer. Devin? Yeah, I'm going to stay with the Colts. <clears throat> I'll go to the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to go with Julius Brents, uh getting Gus Bradley's defense. <laughs> I think that's uh-huh. just a, a ready-made fit um, for, for what they like to do. Um, he's going to be in, in receivers' faces. He's going to make some plays in zone, uh, get a chance to use his length as well. Um Thought he was going to go a little bit higher in the second round, but you could tell the Colts were were enamored with him. Uh, they brought him in for you know his lo- the local team day, uh, him being from Indianapolis. So I, as soon as they made that pick, I was like, yeah, I, I love this draft already. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they got Richardson at the top, and then you get Brents. Uh, they they made sure to get those uh, athletic specimens um, at at nearly every position, and and I really think they. In the future is Brian Indianapolis, and I'm excited to see not only Richardson, but but what's what Brent's is able to do, and um, you know how how he's able to defend, uh, especially uh, in in that division particularly. So uh, I'm excited for his future and uh, his fit in the Colts scheme. I legitimately thought that Brent's had a chance to sneak in the back of the first round. He went, you know, in the 30s, so like he very well could have like. His tape is, is pretty staggeringly good. I, again, I think he, he panics a little bit in off, man. Like, his feet mm. get a little frantic when, when people crowd a space. But, like, that dude's real fluid for 6'2". Like, that is a Gus Bradley dude. So yeah. And it's like I thought one of the most Chris Ballard Oh, yeah. This draft. entire draft was like, yeah, that's Chris Ballard. Yeah, that's Chris Ballard. It was fun. Yeah, no, 100%. You see him, <laughs> Kent, Kent Mathbaum tweeted the, uh, the Raz rankings for all of the – um, like what each team did and how all of their prospects compare. And I don't think Ballard drafted anyone under like an eight, nine. <laughs> I love it. The Browns are kind of the same way. Although they went Siaika in the third round. So that's you know, yeah, yeah. below three, but uh, I love all those answers. Brent's is a good, a great one. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Oh my good skinny fits. Uh next one, best value. I won't start here, and my pick's a little bit of a homer pick, but uh best value. Uh, let's go ahead. Got instinct, I know what your pick is. Yeah, you probably um, do. I, I did uh, write it as my honorable for sure. Oh, okay, yeah. Let's go best value, Matt. Kick it off. Um, so mine is gonna put in the first round just because I think um the Seahawks are getting my number one pass catcher um in Jackson Smith and Jigba, 20th overall, not having to move anywhere, just being really kind of complete that offense. I know a lot of us talked about, do you go quarterback at five to kind of just prepare yourself for the future? Obviously with Richardson off the board uh, and the other two guys going one and two that Seahawks were, you know, very committed to the, well, we're just going to be a really, really good football team today. And I think obviously what they do with Devon Witherspoon at the five, but being in Jackson Smith and would really round out this receiving core and he'll give Geno Smith a ton of weapons uh, he was already one of the more accurate and, and effective or efficient passers in the league last year. Just giving him a ton of ways who can make plays with the ball in his hands. Really, really like the fact that Jackson Smith was able to go here off this wide receiver run that we saw right after it. Um, I, I think the Seahawks really, really draft smart and specifically this, I think is going to bring a lot of value to the offense. And then I also just want to mention Keyshawn Butte ending up in New England. Probably might, you know, might be the, the most talented receiver on that team right now. And so I think, you know, a lot of the stuff was, like, I understand why he got drafted where he did. It doesn't shock me. I'm not surprised, but would love to see Bill kind of get his head straight, get everything going. And, you know, you get a, a one of the more talented pass catchers in the draft class in the sixth round, I think should be a, a good value for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Butte, he's a weird one, man. Like, the good tape is good. That's, that's, that's really good what, what stops me. The good tape is good than anyone in the class to be. This pass especially with Kelly is just awful. Just no effort, no care whatsoever. Like you can tell he just doesn't want to be there and that's a problem. But when he's on, when he's performing, when he, you know, wants to be making plays, I I stack it up with any in the class just in terms of that, like, you know, stretch of that, that 2020 into early 2021 of like seven, eight games where I think he was one of the better receivers in the SEC. Yeah. And as you mentioned, that, that New England wide receiver room is not pretty. It's not mm-hmm. pretty. Not pretty at all. Devin, best, yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, and best value for you. Yeah, I'm gonna go to uh, a team with a, I mean, sneaky damn good draft, and that's the Steelers and Darnell Washington at 93. Um, look, I I know with with Washington, um, you know, people kind of, I think overvalue him certainly in in the draft process. Um, but but when you look at where they were able to get him, able to pair him with Firemuth, really run the twelve personnel and and have a another weapon, uh, especially over the middle of the field. Um, and, and what Pittsburgh is able to put around, um, Kenny Pickett now, I'm I'm very intrigued. I'm I'm intrigued to see kind of how they use him, how to utilize him, um, how he plays off of Firemuth. Um, he's he's going to give him another uh, really good run blocker as well uh, as a tight end. So I think Washington for me uh, was a really good value. Had him just outside of my top fifty. Uh, figure he may go day two. I didn't think he was going to be a late day two pick, but uh, I really like the value and what he brings to the table uh, for Pittsburgh. So so he's uh, one of the best value picks for me uh, on day two of the draft for sure. Yeah, they, they said that. Value picks. Oh my God. Yeah. It's unreal. Uh, <laughs> they said that he had some, like it was his knee, right? He, his yeah, knee got flagged that, at the combine. Like... Uh, so that's why he, he's, you know, a guy that people were mocking in the first round fell to, to 98, 98th overall. Um, but yeah, that Steelers draft is, is just insane. Um, for me again, I said I was going to be a little bit of a, of a homer here. Uh, best value pick for me, man, is Luke Whipler to the Browns. Crazy, uh, crazy, crazy value. Again, uh, when I evaluated Luke Whipler, I put a third round grade. 
Like, I thought he was going to go top top three rounds. Uh, it, you know, comp pick range minimum, early fourth. But the Browns get him at pick one ninety, and then when I, you know, when you think about it, like both of their backup centers suffered season-ending injuries a year ago. Uh, they re-signed Ethan Posick, uh, but he has been historically bad. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year might be an outlier. They give, they gave him a three-year deal, but uh, there's some safeguards in his contract. They can get out of it after this year for $6 million of dead cap if they want to. Like, they, they safeguarded it uh, if, you know, his play does kind of return to where it's been historically. Uh, and that, you know, we talked about fit just our, the last category ago, but, like, Whipler's game is getting wide. Browns yeah. love outside zone like that. It doesn't get a better scheme. Fit. Gets to so, spots as well as anybody. Oh my gosh, yeah. So like top to bottom, like I went through it, like his production, uh, you know, his pressure rate out is real low. Even if he's not the strongest man in the world. Like yeah. he doesn't move people off the ball, but but I think he good leverage and, and he jump. He, I think he jump sets as well as anybody. Uh, and because he's, got, he's kind of got a low center of gravity, I think he's got a, a really strong anchor to, to, to kind of weight effectively. So um I, from from top to bottom, product scheme fit value like I I it, the bronze attacked value. They oh, wow. said we don't care about position value right now. Or we want we want value and give me BP for sure. Yeah, landing Whipler ninety is just unreal. Yeah, I wrote like prepping for this episode. I wrote I would feel just as good starting Luke Whipler on day one as I would Joe Titman who went like a hundred picks earlier. Um, I just. You know, I I, have, I feel some type of way about tall centers anyways, where I, I don't necessarily feel great about their ability to leverage and anchor at the next level. And so Tittman does have that kind of red flag for me going on, and we'll see how that works for him at the next level. Obviously, he can generate a bunch of power, but it's really the risking it um, that the, the taller guys kind of worry for. Whipler, I mean, intelligent pass protector. Right? Like, I really think he – I would not be surprised if he just ended up starting like 15, 14 games for the Browns this year. Uh, CJ Stroud's called him the smartest dude he's ever been around. So, like, and again, that's his teammate. He's not going to say yeah. Well, and if they ask two tests, is any you know, CJ Stroud doesn't know who's smart and who's not. And I could have gone. <laughs> Dewan, I could have gone. Dewan Jones here too. Like, Dewan Jones in the fourth round. I mean, there's obvious reasons Dewan yeah. Jones dropped into the fourth. Round. There yeah. are obvious work ethic concerns. There are his decision not to weigh in at the play is a mass, massive, massive red flag. Like, come on, man. Um, <laughs> I remember, like, like the we, scene when we heard about the scene bowl and, like, he left, and we were like, oh, that's, like, hard. Like, that's cool. You know, that's And they tracked him down at the airport. And that way, it was all completely downhill from there. Yeah. Um, and then, like, Devin and I were at uh, one of the restaurants in Indy uh, the night before offensive line media day, and Dewan was there till, like, midnight, 1230 <laughs> at night, just, like, hanging out. Like, so there's there's some things. Um but I mean, that second, that guy's got second round tape. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> movement skills for the size is incredible. And I don't, you know, I don't love massive mountains because I think their thing is a tackle is limited, but I also think their floor is raised by how big they are. And so I do think like, you know, 80% of him wanting to be there is really all you have to get to for it to be an effective start in the NFL. Anything above them, you've got a guy who's probably going to get you like multiple, um, like starter level reps for um, eight to nine, 10 year career. Mm-hmm. And the Browns have three tackles under the contract under contract for the next two years, so like he's not in any hurry. Mm-hmm. And the dead cap for, for day three picks is like nothing. If it doesn't work out. All right, see ya. On to the next. That's um, why they're so cool with the fourth. Exactly. They did it with Perry on Winfrey last year. Hasn't worked out. It might not work out. So <laughs> it just is what it is. But uh, moving on to favorite pick, and I'm gonna like break the desk at this at this because uh, when Darren and I. Yes, because when Devin and I recorded our safety podcast, 
I, I already knew where this is going. I was vocal about my love for Brian Branch. And, and for that man up to the 40th overall Crazy. pick. I get that he's uh, he played exclusively nickel because Alabama had some senior things and two senior safeties, blah, blah, blah. He didn't test that great. The dude's a freaking football player. Knows like, where to be. Always where he's instinctual as hell and he will hit man he is a hitter uh he's a, a complete detroit lion like oh yeah no question campbell complete detroit lion branch i, I cannot sam laporta like, <laughs> sam laporta complete detroit yeah lion. no like, they, they stuck to their guns yeah i cannot, like, they, I cannot <laughs> believe they got chauncey garner johnson and brian branch in the same secondary that's scary and they gave chauncey just the one-year deal so it's a real smooth like you know eight million for this year show everyone how to run the and and that's what like it was their second this year was like you know i they brought in the like i really do like what the the lions have done defensively just to put the kind of guys like they didn't draft any superstars but they drafted nothing but good football players nothing but good football players and brian branch is absolutely there they moved up to go get him too um so yeah no i definitely definitely can understand that made no sense to me and i figured he wasn't gonna go first round because people weren't gonna value Mm -hmm. like oh he's a nickel Explosive blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Not, yeah, whatever. But that dude's trigger was ex- like on that dude's explosive. I don't care. Uh, so that's mine. Brian Branch of Detroit. Uh, Devin, go ahead, man. I, yeah, I'm worked <laughs> out. Yeah, I'm going to go Marte Mapu from uh, Sacramento State going to the Patriots. Um, I I just just love his game. I, I didn't even think he was going to get into day two. I thought he was going to be like a early to mid day three pick. Um, but I like his skill set. I think he's going to fit beautifully in the pa- uh, Patriots defense. If they want to deploy him at linebacker, uh, they, they want to deploy him at safety because he has that versatility. I think he, they're going to have some fun moving him around uh, in, in the second and third levels of the defense. Love his instincts, um, his ability to, to be in zone coverage. I think he still needs to to improve his coverage profile a little bit and, and just be a little bit more consistent, but I think the skill set is there and they've had these type of types of players before. They got Kyle Duggar on the the roster right now. So they know how to use him. They know how to deploy him. And I'm excited to see uh how they deploy him, when they deploy him. And that third down uh package is, is gonna be real interesting in New England next year, uh being able to move around all those guys in the um linebacker and safety safety room. I was just about to say the Patriots love those small school tweeners. <laughs> Doug small school anybody to be honest that's true that's true that's a good one uh it, it will be interesting to, to see because he played so much overhang like that almost all he did at sacramento state slot overhang uh so it will be interesting like to see how boomers. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i'm interested to see how he's deployed at the next level what about you favorite pick second pick off of the board houston texas taking c Stroud just because with all of the talk about taking a defender at two, whether it's Tyree Wilson, Anderson, like the Tyree stuff was crazy. The Will Anderson stuff is like, it's crazy. Okay. It's like, all right, that dude's awesome. Like, I get it. Um, but like, you cannot have that pick and not take a quarterback, especially in a class like this. You can't play the, we'll do it next year game. You just can't. You set your franchise back. There's no guarantee you'll be there. Um, and I don't even hate them for trading up for Will Anderson after taking C.J. Stroud. I think you've got, you know, they've built up that offensive line. They added pass catchers in free agency this year. They added pass catchers to the second half of their depth chart in the later rounds of the draft this year. Um, but just taking that quarterback, that guy who's going to be the face of your franchise, uh, Stroud was my number one quarterback. I think, you, you know, kind of the consensus QB two, 
uh, behind Young. I just think with everything that was going on throughout the whole draft process surrounding Stroud for him to like wake up on Thursday and all of a sudden he's like plus or minus 2000 odds to be the second overall pick. It's like, this is, this is how it should have happened. This is how it always was going to happen. And I'm just glad that the Texans didn't, didn't screw themselves for the foreseeable future. Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny. Like I was thinking back to how we talked about quarterbacks last spring. Like the discourse was, oh yeah, it's young Stroud. Richardson's pretty freaking good. If, Crazy, you know, he but finds like the right scheme. Levis is cool too. It's a rattler coming back, like right. And then they had like <laughs> a full year of like chalkboard scratching QB discourse. Just like, oh my goodness, horrid chalkboard scratching. Well, and then like we get to the draft and it's like, oh yeah, it's young Stroud. It's good if he finds the right scheme. Okay, we'll see what happens there. Like, it's just, it came in a circle from yeah. where we started and, to where and, we end. And I feel like it does all the time. I'm sure at some point next year we'll be talking about why Caleb Williams is going to be the third quarterback off the board. And then we get to day one and it takes the, whatever team's picking first overall half a minute to put card in. It's <laughs> exactly. always the same. To talk about our favorite class overall. Uh, so not the minus B minus this thing, but just one class uh, to rule them all. And Devin, let's go ahead and start with you. Who, who, what class did you think just knocked it out of the park from the first round, last round, all the way through? Yeah, I'm going to go back to the team I mentioned earlier. Pittsburgh Steelers knocked out of the park, man. Um, You knew they wanted to tackle. They uh, obviously got Broderick. Um, But, I mean, you get Joey Porter at the start of round two. You don't even have to spend a first-round pick on him. Um, and then you go down the board, Keanu Benton, Darnell Washington, Nick Airbig, uh, Corey Trice Jr. Uh, in the seventh round. I mean, those are guys that can all be starting within two, three years, um, you know, for the Steelers. And and I really think not only did they get value out of most of those guys, especially, uh, you know, the picks, you know, with Washington, uh, then you look at Airbig and, and Corey Trice, those three picks right there to me, are three of the best value picks by by a single team in a draft. So I thought they knocked out of the park. Uh, you're getting guys that, uh, you know, you can take some time to develop. They double dip in the, the corner class, which was extremely good. Corey Trice probably should have gone uh, fourth, fifth round, uh, but he ended up in the seventh round. I I really have no other words to say. I think, I think they have one of the best, if not the best drafts uh, in, in the NFL. Yeah, I completely they're the I think they have the best class too. I'll talk about another team too, but the the one thing that Pittsburgh really, really well too is it wasn't just like getting all these guys that we all love. All of these dudes are such stealer fits. Um A, first of all, Broderick Jones, I mean, you guys know this was my number one tackle, a guy who I think really does have an upside to be an elite guy. Something that the Steelers haven't had an elite guy playing tackle for a while. And so I think that's gonna be huge. But then the Joey Porter G Corey Trice is the same way, like long, uh, athletic cornerback who can disrupt pass lanes and get into like wide receivers, make them uncomfortable. He has a ton of tape, really, really good. And really, the only reason he made it to that seventh is a medical thing. Um, Airbig, obviously, they love themselves an undersized pass rushing outside linebacker. Um, that was kind of where I was worried. I was like, yo, you know, what teams even play like a triple three, four to the point anymore where you have a guy kind of be like a outside linebacker pass rush specialist? And this is that team that team that's always done this is the team that will continue to do it you know tj watt needs a break every once in a while getting him a couple you know getting him on the field um it, it's going to be really really interesting and i like that a lot for them uh, and I see darnell and pat fryer probably the best block tight end duo in the league 
um, already. And so really, really excited. Yeah, I, and cats out of the back were mine too. So <laughs> I think, I so, think we're all aligned there. That, all right, so you Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, you knocked it out of the park. Uh, but then, all right, since we all had this, I do want to mention the Arizona Cardinals had a master class moving up and down the board. Um, on top of ages getting, you know, they were going to take Johnson Jr. three, right? Like that was kind of obvious. We all knew this. So to move back, get back up to six and net a first and the two next year, still get your guy insane. I know we all love BJ Ojolari. Mm-hmm. Really, really awesome. I really, really glad. They just needed talent on their roster and they just added talent. Uh, Garrett Williams, a guy who's not going to be there in the third if he doesn't get hurt. Uh, I like Michael Wilson just to be a pass catcher for them. Uh, John Gaines is a guy who who can get onto that offensive line at some point, you know, maybe bulk up just a little bit. Um, I like Clark and Stills both in the sixth spot as, you know, guys who it seems sucks. Like this roster is terrible. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of these guys are going to see playing time pretty early. And even Clay Toon kind of is like a really fun Kyler Murray backup. So I really do. I was cool. All of this, uh, everything the the Cardinals did, I think was phenomenal in terms of the value they got. I think they compete with Pittsburgh. If you're about including that first and second round pick that they got next year as well, um, you know, maybe on the exact same level in terms of just talent. But if you're really weighing what they got of both of the classes in totality, I think the Cardinals are right there. Yeah, I think it's important to like remember that not they don't have a quarterback like all season. They're going to be awful, terrible, and for them to to stop assets the way they did and still get talent this year, yeah, it was unreal. Just an unreal uh, job of of navigating the board Uh, again. Keytron Clark's a dog. Like that that might be yeah, bro. Yes, in the sixth round, like that's my dog. Yes, I love Keytron Clark. Like I really do. That like that was the big one. I think Dante Stills can push the pocket of the NFL, but absolutely, like they got players. They got dudes who can start on their team early, often in all all levels of this draft. Yeah. Just, just unreal. Um, and yeah, tune like, yeah, I'll add ahead, to uh, another draft that I really liked as well was Atlanta's because of the boldness. Because like you think about what they've done the last couple of years, they got Kyle Pitts a couple of years ago. They went out, got Drake London last year, and now you go get Bijan. I mean, they they clearly they want to build a, a explosive offense, and and they're not afraid to do it. Uh, but I also like their uh, their uh, picks on day two and, and early day three. Uh, Bergeron, I think, is going to be a nice fit for for what they do. Um, and I really like what what he brings to the table. Zach Harrison is going to be an interesting fit. They've thrown a lot of resources to the the edge position and, and getting a better pass rush. So I'm interested to see kind of how he fits and, and how they kind of deploy him. And then Clark Phillips in the fourth round. I mean. Everyone kind of knew he was going to fall a little bit because of the size, but now you have Akuda, Terrell, and uh, Clark Phillips all in the same, uh, you know, and Jesse Bates, Jesse Bates as well. So I, I mean, that getting him in the fourth round and adding to an already impressive um, secondary, uh, I'm, I love it. I think Atlanta uh, had a had a pretty solid draft, and I just wanted to bring him up as well. Yep. Yeah, they drafted good football players. Like that was Atlanta's. Like, regardless of what you thought about where they targeted the players, all of these guys, ball. they just play football. Yeah, and it turns out Bergeron, with that video, for the the Cowboys came out today. Bergeron almost went in the first round. Yeah, like, it would have been the – I saw that. Almost went Everyone the thought it was Avila. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, I like Matthew Bergeron, too. His foot speed is tremendous. Yeah. Like, I think he has a little hitch in his set right off the snap, but, like, that's really easily fixable. So, uh, but, again, his grip strength and anchors, like, if you want to play – like, the Cowboys were talking about him as a guard. 
I would assume probably. I like the movement skills of the tackle. We'll see. But I, I, I maintain that I think he can project as a tackle in the NFL. I, I like, think I like, he can too. Yeah, I think his like hitch and his like Anton Harrison's problems at the point of attack concerned me more at the next level. So I was I was cool with you know obviously Harrison was kind of that de facto OT five off the board that everyone was kind of expecting. Um, but yeah, I had Bergeron with him. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And speaking of the Falcons, which just brought up, Tyler Algier rushed for a thousand yards last year. Uh Tariq Wool for the Seahawks came in and lit it up right away as a rookie. There are always A three picks that come in and just and just produce that you see, but that it happens every once in a while. Um so that's where we're gonna go next. Who one player, day three pick that you think can just come in uh produce? We'll um well i'll start uh, if i'm ever going to do one thing it's going to push my narrative and that's why would you draft obviously real quick like devin said Bijan's such a great dude um he really is so smart like everything about his is awesome i felt really really bad like i felt like i almost picked on him since in the cycle where like people thought i hated him i did it dude's a phenomenal football player i'm just not on the drafting running backs that high that's just my personal thought process on roster building talent evaluation and player or in positional value and so you know why would I draft at eight when I could draft Roshan at 115 uh, and he could be one of the you know potentially rookie leading rushers I think there's it's a real easy chance for him to go be that number one back uh, in Chicago this year uh, I mean I think he's the the day here's the Tyler Edgier that we expect running back's the easiest one for me to be all like that's a dude who can, you know, rock the tote and has an opportunity to be a starter. That's an easy 900-yard player that you got in round four. And I'm a huge fan of that, so I'm taking Roshan. I, got, I, I promise Matt and I didn't speak before this. Like, <laughs> Roshan's well. Again, if you look at that depth chart, Deontay Foreman had a good year for the, the Panthers last year. But, like, Deontay Foreman's an ordinary back. Uh, and then other than that's clear Herbert. Like, those are the two dudes ahead of him. That's it. And Khalil Herbert's been good, like good for them when they needed to, to, to call on him. But like, those are just a dime a dozen running backs. And Roshan's fresh again; his carries are so low. Yeah, but I was going to say his Deontay had more at Texas than Roshan did. Yeah, uh, if you look at Roshan's freaking forced missed tackles this past year at Texas, like he was on pace to have the nation by a long shot, uh, but he had like ninety-five carries. Did he share it with me? <laughs> Yeah, so right. like so that's no i this is a dude we what didn't we all have an rb3 or um so yeah i was I gonna say four. gotcha yeah, yeah so what do you have kendra above him or oh H-M. yeah, 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 yeah gotcha 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 um yeah. but yeah so exactly a, a guy who we all thought was a top five running back in the class you're getting on and the only reason the literally the only reason he's making it this far is because he played behind Bijan. he didn't have that mm-hmm. film as a uh, every single down we're gonna you know rock the you know be the offense and so I do think that, especially in Chicago, where you have to worry about what Fields is going to do with his legs and, and you know, all the pass catchers that they added, I definitely think Rashawn's going to outproduce his, his draft spot by a lot. And he's just going to, he's going to find the, because that's a dude who is like a coach dream. He's going yeah. to ask him, he's recruited as a quarterback, said, hey, we need you back. And he said, okay. like Let me do it. Right. Like he's, he's just a coach's dream. So he's going to find the field. And he QB4. There's value in that. Logan Boom. Thomas. <laughs> I love it. Devin, what about you? Day three, day three player with, with day one contribution. Yeah, I'm going to go someone a little bit off of the, the path. I'm going to go with Shamari Connor from uh, Virginia Tech for the Chiefs. 
the Chiefs always find day three DBs that uh, when the time it comes time for the playoffs, they're they're making plays and and have the confidence. I like Connor because I think he can be kind of that big nickel for them, uh, especially if they want to kind of go matchup dependent with tight ends. And I think you can throw his his body out there. And then I think he's also going to make a huge contribution on special teams and, and be kind of that, uh, you know, extra special teams player that that makes those kind of game changing plays. So I'm going to go Shamari Connor. I think, you know, he was someone I really liked over the summer. Uh, really liked his tape. He shut down Zach Coons, who who had a lot of fans on draft Twitter uh, earlier in the year, uh, completely erased him. So I think he can be a potential tight end eraser, and and I wouldn't be surprised uh, by the end of the season if they uh, sub package him and have him on the field in big moments of the game. And Kansas right. City always has luck with with DBs from the state of Virginia. <laughs> yeah, I, they do that, man. Like Jalen Walton from Washington State. Josh Williams, Josh Williams was my guy. Lacharius Sneed, uh, Brian Cook was a day two pick, but he he found the field and was produced down the stretch. Obviously, Swan. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Love it. All right. So that was just a, a little more creative of a way to, to break down the draft rather than the standard, oh, this team gets an A. So I, I hope that you found that a little more entertaining. Again, we're happy to have Matt, Matt on the show. Uh, he'll be with us for the long run. Uh, we'll, we'll work out what our, what our schedule is going to be moving forward, but, uh, we're back after a little two week break, uh, just rest and recovering leading up to the draft. And now we have some stuff to talk about and I'm sure, you know, it'll be a little bit slow as we again, continue to rest and recover before we hit 2024 super, super hard, but, uh, but we're back. Daps on draft podcast is here and now we, we have, uh, three voices and, and, and so that's a, that's super exciting as we continue to, to grow. Uh, I'm Corey, Devin, Matt, what do you guys got? Excited for 2024. Oh, Fashani, no matter what. That's my I think that's the best way to put it because we're all Aloof Fashano fans on, on this draft podcast. So, um, you're going to hear a lot about him over the summer in, in leading into next season. So I, I have no disagreements there. I will forever regret not having him as a top five tackle based off of one start in summer thing last year. Like, yeah, I and I remember so Bradley was like, I'll never dude, this guy's good. That. You were like, yo, this dude played like 25 snaps and he was crazy. And I was like, and then next thing you know, he's literally <laughs> that one bowl game where uh, yeah. Rashid Green uh, or Rashid Walker was hurt. Yeah. And I was like, and I like Walker good. too. So, I, yeah. And um, yeah, Jeff Okuda did the same thing in the Rose Bowl. Love it. But I'm, I'm, that's what I'm excited for, man. I love these, these like the early parts of summer yep. scouting. Where it's like, oh, that guy's good. Nobody's talking about that, but the, that guy's Nobody good. Nobody knows him. Yeah. So absolutely. yeah. So remember the remember the name Tonka Heming- Hemingway from South Carolina. He almost transferred. I, he almost transferred, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I thought he did. Was yeah, I like him. Uh, Kool Aid. Kool Aid McKinstry. Yes. 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 Twenty twenty four is already better. All right. If we're taking shots, I'm going to take a shot here too. Dude from Kent State transferred to North Carolina. Uh, freaking eight up Georgia, uh, eight up Georgia when Kent State played Georgia. Wide receiver uh, Devontae Walker, man, keep an eye on him. We've got Drake yes. May, not a lot of talent yeah. at wide receiver at North Carolina. Like that dude has replacing Josh Down. That that's exciting. yeah, and he's tall, man. He's long and he can just stride out. This he this wide straight. receiver class, Ooh. this wide receiver class coming out is a lot bigger than than the one we just. Oh had. my god, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely excited. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good way to end the show. Calling our shots right away. <laughs> So 2024, keep it up. We'll be here. Uh, we'll do, again, top five breakdowns as we get throughout the summer, as we get these names dropped. But 
Uh, for now, I'm Corey with Devin and Matt, and this is the Draft on Draft podcast.